You may be seated. What a joy it is to be back at West Coast Baptist College. Uh, just to give you kind of a time frame of when I was here. Uh, I believe it was Dr. R's first year when I was a senior. Uh, we didn't do chapel in this worship center my first couple years because it didn't exist. Uh, my graduating class was the first graduating class to actually use this auditorium. So, yeah, I feel old now. Thank you. Um, God has blessed us to be in Honduras. This year, in the month of October, uh, we celebrated 20 years of physically being in the country of Honduras. And uh, God has done some great things. And I remember going uh, through, mission, through Missions Conference Week here at West, ba West Coast Baptist College and, and just thinking, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, know, I, I know I was called to be a missionary. But it just seemed like the task was so overwhelming. It just seems like, and, and I can only imagine what, uh, what you guys are going through today as students at West Coast Baptist College. Uh, because back then it seems like, I don't know, maybe my memory's a little messed up, but it didn't seem like the world was in as much chaos as it is today. I mean, today the people can't even figure out what gender they are. Uh, today you've got wars and rumors of wars all over the place. And it didn't seem as bad I mean, it, when we were students, yeah, it seemed kind of bad, but it's not to this level. And I can't imagine trying to enter ministry today with such disorganization that there is in the world, such chaos. And I was reading my Bible the other day, and look at, if you will, and we're going to give you some time to look it up because you're Bible college students, Hag Haggai chapter 2. For those of you don't know, that don't know, it's probably in the Old Testament somewhere. When we think about chaos, the best, best uh, illustration I can think of is this, the, the, the recent pandemic we had to go through, and it was a global pandemic. It just didn't just happen here. Remember being stuck in the States, my kids stuck in Honduras, and it took four months to try to get an emergency flight to go back, back to Honduras so I could be with my kids. And we get to Honduras and everything is shut down. I mean, everything. We get off the airplane on the tarmac and the people come to greet us and they're in hazmat suits. They've turned off the air conditioning in the tropics, in the airport. We're off and we're just sweltering in heat and there's these people that come like they're, it's like a science fiction movie. They're in hazmat suits and they're doing all the scans and stuff like that. And Oh, it took us two hours to get out of the airport. And we were the only airplane that landed. And we get home and we find out, okay, we can only go out once every two weeks from our house. Our kids can't even go to the grocery store because you've got to be 18 years old or older to go into the grocery store. And seniors, 65 and older, cannot go into any stores. And, and we're just like, how are we going to do ministry in this? We're in chaos. We don't know what to do. It's like we're trying to rebuild our lives on a whole new level. And here in Haggai chapter 2, beginning in verse number 20, the Bible says, And again the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the fourth and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. 
And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. And I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them. And the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shethael, saith the Lord, I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. Here the Lord is sending by way of his prophet to the governor of Judah. He's saying, hey, in a world of chaos, rest in me. In a world of chaos, rest in me. I will use you in spite of the chaos. And as this week we focus in on the needs of the world and that every day 180,000 people approximately are added to the world's population, we just think, wow, how am I going to make an impact for the cause of Christ in a world so chaotic, in a world that's constantly changing? What am I going to do? Zerubbabel in his day and age, they were trying to rebuild the temple. They were trying to reestablish the worship. And, and, and I can imagine Zerubbabel looking around at all the rubble and all the destruction around him saying, how are you going to use me to make an influence? How am I going to protect your people? How am I going to follow the Lord? And so God has a word of encouragement for, Zer, for Zerubbabel. Maybe you're here this morning and, you're, and God has tugged your heart on serving Him and maybe you're not even sure where. And you look around at all the opportunities that abound to serve God. There is no bad place to serve God today. But if you, if you read, Fox, if you're looking at Fox News all the time, you're on social media, things look pretty, pretty despicable. And you can get discouraged going, how am I, how's God going to use me? Let me tell you this morning, God can still use you today around the world. When we got back to Honduras, we had to realize some things. And, and some of these things you can find in the, in, in, here in our text. The first thing we have to realize is that God has a sovereign plan. God has a sovereign plan for your life. You don't, have to figure, you, you don't have to manipulate your life to figure out what God's plan is. Right now, God's plan for your life is to study. You don't need to worry about anything else. Just study. Do your best. In everything we do, we need to do it for the honor and glory of God. Now, when I was in Bible class, I had to figure that out. I was always worried about, okay, who am I going to marry? Uh, uh, where am I going to serve after I graduate? You know what? Just do what you know you need to do today. Do God's will today. Don't worry about it. God has a sovereign plan. And he's not going to hide it from us. He's going to reveal it in his time when you're ready for it. Man, if God would have revealed his plan for my life way back when I was in Bible college, I probably would have quit. There are some obstacles I didn't see coming. There are some things I didn't know how to do. I didn't know. I, I, I learned all in textbook how to plan a church and all this stuff. I get to the field like, wow, none of the things I learned in this book might work here. Uh, we started a church in the town of Ojohona. I was the only, my wife and I were the only ones with a driver's license in the church. Uh, I was the only one with a car. Everybody else came horseback or walking. My song leader walked an hour and a half 
to and from. I said, you want a ride? He said, no way. Number one, your car wouldn't make it up my hill. Number two, I'd prefer to walk. Wow. That's a different lifestyle. We're out door knocking and write down the address. What address? They live in a little shanty there. There's no addresses. You didn't need mail outs, flyer. How do you do a flyer when there's no mail? So we had, to, we had to start from scratch. But you know what? God had a plan. And God, and I didn't know, Lord, I, your average missionary, you want to be gung-ho when you're a missionary, right? But nobody wants to support a guy, well, I think I'm going to go to Africa, and well, might do something there. No, you want to support a guy, hey, God wants me to go to this country, and, and God's going to use me to, to change that country for Christ. Well, you know what? God, his plan for me, he sent me to Ohohona. 8,000 people, nobody, hardly anybody with a vehicle. Our average offerings in a, it, it would come in with $30 an offering. 100 people, we get $30 in the offering. What are you going to do with $30? You can barely provide coffee for everybody. But you know what? God had a plan. And that plan was to open up doors because of people that live there. Today, because we trusted in God's sovereign plan, we were able to lead the presidential electrician to Christ. He happened to live in Ohohona. He got us an invitation to go to the presidential honor guard. And so we were preaching to men and women from all across Honduras, seeing soldiers and officers come to know Christ as their Savior. All because we went to a little bitty town in an obscure corner of the country. Zerubbabel was a willing vessel of God. And he was, he was willing to do whatever God wanted. And, and Haggai told him, hey, remember, God is in charge. He said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I want you to notice, secondly, not only God's sovereign plan, but I want you to notice that God showed Zerubbabel by way of his prophet that God has supreme power. God said to Zerubbabel, I will shake the heavens and I will shake the earth. One of the greatest errors I have in my life, and I'm going to confess, sometimes I think I do it. <laughs> it's not me. And it should never be me. If I do all I do based on what I can do, then I have really done nothing. Nothing. Because Jesus himself said, without me, you can do nothing. So college student, if you can do college classes in your own power, shame on you. Isn't it a command of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day? One of the questions my pastor asked me recently was this. Jason, are you filled with the Holy Spirit right now? How do you respond to that? I mean, yes. Sounds kind of boastful. And then he came across with that principle. Brother Jason, if you can do what you do in your own power, then you really accomplish nothing. Because we are commanded by God, just as much of a command to not be drunk, the same emphasis in the same verse, 
Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what we need? We need West Coast Baptist College students and graduates that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God that recognize it's He that will shake the heavens and the earth. It's He that will cause kingdoms to rise and fall. It's not us. I want to go do something great for God in Honduras. Great, let God do it then. Just be there. Obey God. We can be confident in God because He has supreme power over nature. He said He will shake the heavens and He will shake the earth. He has supreme power over rulers. He said, I will cause the kingdoms of this world to fall. I remember we're in the middle of the pandemic. God had moved us to the little town of Ahohona and he moved us to the city of Don Lee, 250,000 people. By then we had planted about four churches and now we're in the Bethlehem Baptist Church in the city of Don Lee. And the pandemic is happening and we... Because of our relationship with the military, we had pre, prior to the pandemic, we had gone into the police and, and, and spoken to them about trying to be a blessing. And, and I went in literally I said to the commandant and I said, uh, Mr. Commandant, I, uh, my name is Jason Tate. I, I just want to present myself. I, I'm the pastor here at uh, Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I, I just want to let you know, uh, I'm also the chaplain for the presidential honor guard in the presidential offices. I was just wondering if there was a way that I could come and try to be a blessing to the police officers here. I, I share devotionals with the, the men and women that protect your president. I would like to do the same here. And he said, sure. You can come every Wednesday. And so for the past nine years, our Bible college kids go every Wednesday and preach to the police. But because of that, uh, we were still going in on Wednesdays. I, I'd get to the checkpoint. They get to the checkpoints and we say, hey, I'm going to the, to the police office. And okay, you're going to our office, you can go there. And so he showed up there and, and we're like, how are we going to minister when you can only go out of your house a day or two a week? So I spoke to the commandant and said, uh, sir, I don't know what to do. We've got people with great needs in our church. We have people that have no way to get to work, no, no food in their homes. We need to minister to these people. We have people in our church with, with the disease, uh, COVID, with the virus, and we need to attend them. How can we do that? And he said, you know what? I have a plan for you. Go ahead and make badges with your church logo on it. Put your name on Make sure your name is clearly identified and that you're with Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I will tell our police officers not to stop you. Wow. We made, I made like 20 badges for our guys. <laughs> and you know, we were, out, we were out ministering to people. We were out sharing the gospel. We saw people saved out and about. Why? Because our people could go out. We had, we had the, the authority now. God had opened the door and it wasn't us. We're there one Wednesday and a police officer came up to me. Her name is uh, uh, Sub-Official Cruz. And she, she said, I have to, I'm not a regular police officer. I know I'm uniformed and I have all the badges and stuff, but I have a division of the police where gang prevention in the United States, it used to be called DARE. You see those police officers. There in Honduras, they have the same program, but it's called GREAT, G-R-E-A-T. And they said, here's the problem. We're having a problem. We can't get materials. Our job is to go into communities and speak to young people about moral values but we can't get our materials because of the pandemic and the transportation industry. 
We see that you are able to teach on moral values all the time. Do you guys have material? I said, you know what, I sure do. In fact, our Bible college kids, they're trained to work with youth. She said, great, can we use them? So we snuck our Bible college students back into the dorms. And every other day they would go out with the police patrol into different villages around our area with boxes of New Testaments and tracts. The police themselves rounded up the kids <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic. We've got 70 kids all spaced out six feet apart. And our Bible college kids did VBS. And the police sponsored it. I didn't do that. That was God. Our police fell in love with our Bible college kids. They'd give them all nicknames and stuff like that. And they were really impressed that we had Bibles. In the past 10 years, God's given us the privilege of distributing 16 20-foot containers full of scriptures. Over a million copies of the Bible. Two million gospel tracts. You know who passes out more tracts than anybody I know? The police. Every month they take 50 boxes of New Testaments. Now our New Testaments are a little different. They're not the little blue things. Theirs are full-size New Testaments and they have a gospel track in them and 22 lessons of discipleship. How to be saved, how to know you're saved and have assurance. Why do I need to go to church? Why do I need a pastor? And they're all in these books specially made for Honduras. And the police pass them out. Every month they come to our church and get 50 boxes. Every box has about 70 New Testaments in it. During Holy Week, they stop every car coming in and out of their city of Donnelly and they say, give me your papers. Here's a Bible. <laughs> God has the power over rulers. He has the power over our enemies. In Romans 8, 31, God says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody tried to stop one of the local pastors that we had trained. He had his badge on. And they tried to stop him. And the poor lady didn't know what she was getting into. She said, by what authority are you here? He said, by an authority a little bit higher than yours. She had to let him go. You see, God has supreme power. You might be sitting here this morning and you're thinking, Lord, how are you going to use me? How, how can I go to a mission field where I don't even speak the language? How can I do a great work for you? Well, number one, you've got to realize God has, a, God has a plan. God has a plan. Number two, you've got to realize it's got to be God's power. It can't be yours. It's got, it's got to be His power. And I want you to notice, thirdly, God has a select people. God has a select people. Look with me, if you will, in verse number 23 of our text. The Bible says here, And I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shethael, saith the Lord, I will make thee as a signet. 
For I have chosen thee, saith the Lord. I praise the Lord that God still chooses to use people like me. I'm not the most intelligent person on the face of the planet. I make a lot of mistakes. There are some things I don't know. And man, I, I, I don't know how, why God chose to use me, but he, for now, has chosen to show his favor in our ministry. And God has given us great favor in Honduras. But that's exactly what we're supposed to be. He said, I will make you an ambassador. You'll be a signet. You'll be a ring that is an official seal of my blessing. The world needs to see young men and women today that recognize, yes, he is sovereign. Yes, he has a power. But I need to be that ambassador for Christ. I serve a powerful God. He deserves my best. He deserves all I am, and He wants to fill me, to use me in the ministry. Let us not forget that we are accountable for that service. Look, if you will, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 20. Look what Paul says to the Corinthian church. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. I have the privilege of living in a foreign country. And when we have issues, we can always go to the U.S. Embassy. Now, the embassy there has one person that's in charge, and that is the ambassador. They have direct contact with the president of the country that I come from. When the ambassador speaks, they speak on behalf of the president of the country that they represent. I have yet to see the U.S. ambassador in Honduras dressed inappropriately. I have yet to see the U.S. Embassy do anything less than professional. I have yet to see hand-drawn flyers put out by the U.S. government in Honduras. They do everything to a certain level because they represent a country, a country that they are proud of. And they do everything in their power to help the citizens and represent their country in the best way. When an ambassador speaks out of turn, they are recalled. They're brought home because they not, did not speak the words of the president. And he will send someone else in their stead. Many men and women of God have been recalled from service because they did not the work of their Lord. They didn't last. They tried to do the work in their own power. They tried to do the work halfway. In Spanish, we call it a medias. Eh. We have a phrase, 
in, in Honduras, they say a medio palo, halfway up the shovel. <laughs> you know what? God deserves the best. God doesn't deserve half jobs. God doesn't deserve us five-minute study. God doesn't deserve us off-the-cuff stuff. God deserves the best because we are His ambassadors. We represent Him. When we go into the presidential honor guard, I always say we have a uniform we made. It's a, it's a polo because they're kind of dressed down as well. We have a black polo with a Honduran flag on the shoulder and, and then our church insignia on it. When I drive up now, they, they know who I am. They, I think the past seven times they've never asked for my ID. Pastor's here! Why? I was dressed the part. I come and I have, I have professionalism. Why? Because I serve a risen Savior Amen. who's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men may say. Let me tell you something. The Lord deserves our best because we are His chosen people. Are you giving Him your best? Ah, but I'm just a student. What you do now is who you will be in the future. We have this thing with our Bible college students that we tell them, you are who you are no matter where you are. You're lazy here? You'll be lazy if you go to the States illegally. You don't want to win souls here? Never be a missionary and win souls there. You are who you are no matter where you are. So therefore, we need to be God's chosen people. We need to act like we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ in our dorm rooms. You never know which one of your sweet mates is not saved. And somebody uh, was talking about a, 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 one of our former college students, classmates, and he made a comment online that impacted me. He said, this person when I was in Bible college was the best Christian I ever met. And they lived together. I was like, wow, could somebody say that about me? I praise the Lord that we have been chosen by God to fulfill His purpose. And it is a privilege to be chosen. To know that we will be rewarded is absolutely amazing to me. The best part of these rewards is the fact that we will be able to offer them back to our King. This should be our motivation. We serve our master. We have been selected to serve. We have been saved for a purpose. When it seems that accomplishing what God has called us to do as impossible, we need to remember that God is still in control. How are we going to change the world for Christ? God has given us many tools to which we can do that. 120 men in an upper room one day received the Holy Spirit's power. And four years later, the world was saying, these who have turned the world upside down. There are few more of us than 120 people in this room. Are we willing to trust in His sovereignty? 
Are we willing to let him be the power behind our work? And are we willing to act like God's chosen people today? What a privilege it is to serve a risen Savior.